0: St. Louis. More than 25,000 of our kids are bringing their A game. They are fierce, they are active, and they're having fun. This is Talking Game by The Open Source. This is a show about local youth sports. We're talking to athletes, coaches, sports directors, and more. And we'll be back in a minute. Located in St. Louis, The Open Source produces community-focused content. Everything that is published by The Open Source is about fulfilling the positive mission. The Open Source showcases the story of our neighbors in an effort to help everyone achieve and thrive. The Open Source TV streams on Roku, and the podcasts are available wherever you listen. Help The Open Source grow by sharing this episode. Thank you for listening.
1: It teaches you a lot of valuable lessons, you know, aside from, you know, the, the, the physical, you know, being fit, and aside from, like, the mental health benefits that you get from playing sports, there's also an emotional component, too. I mean, sports is the greatest metaphor we have for life, you know, in teaching you things like how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with, um, uh, uh, you know, communicating with each other, leadership, performing under pressure, all those very, very valuable lessons. We live in an environment now where everything is extremely structured for children, and sports used to be something that kids go out and do for fun, but now it's become so regimented uh, where parents are starting to kind of inject their own experiences or past failures, if you will, onto their children, and it just takes the fun out of it. Get them to think and when they can think and problem solve on their own the game becomes something that they own and something that becomes more enjoyable to them versus having another parent on the sideline that's just barking out orders. You help them to become better people and better athletes. It's not about you and winning the game and if you can remove yourself from that equation and just focus on teaching then I think the kids experience will be much better.
2: 25,000 kids are playing sports in this town. Youth sports have benefits that will help kids for the rest of their lives. I am your host, Craig Riggins, and this is Talking Game by the Open Source. Solomon Alexander is my guest, and if you don't know him, I'll tell you in a minute.
0: There's an organization in St. Louis dedicated to rescuing stray cats called Tenth Life. Tenth Life helps stray cats and kittens, especially those with special needs, and prepares them for adoption. When some animal organizations find it too expensive to help animals with injuries and medical conditions, Tenth Life steps in. TenthLifeCats.org features potential adoptees complete with pictures and health histories. Some cats can be visited at 3200 Cherokee in St. Louis. Tenth Life Cats, special cats for special people. That's TenthLifeCats.org.
2: Solomon Alexander is the director of the St. Louis Sports Commission's foundation. He manages the programming, events, and grant funding of the commission's nonprofit organization. Before this job, Alexander was a teacher of language arts, math, and PE. He coached weightlifting, track and field, and wrestling. Solomon, welcome to Talking Game. Thank you for having me. So tell me about this foundation. I am familiar with the St. Louis Sports Commission, but I'm not as familiar with their foundation. So what does it do? Uh, the St. Louis Sports Foundation is a 501c3
3: not-for-profit organization. It is, uh, it is the charitable arm of the sports commission. Uh, the foundation exists to keep kids involved in sports, and we do that through sportsmanship programming, We decided long ago, there was a big push against childhood obesity, and it was either that or sportsmanship, and we chose sportsmanship. Uh, The programming involves education mostly of kids, coaches, parents, about pretty much the best way to behave uh, in the sports arena. Kids quit sports because adults make it no fun. That's been uh, found out anecdotally and through research done by Michigan State, among others, that's the number one reason kids quit sports. Adults make it no fun. And part of the reason that adults make it no fun is because we tend to take sports way too seriously uh, when kids are young. We sort of impress upon them adult desires, adult uh, goals, um, adult ambition, if you will, uh, for something that they should just have fun
2: doing. Certainly can't relate to that. I'm an older guy and it's kind of always been that way, even back in my day, but you know, here in this day and age, it's like it's on steroids. It's like the parents live literally live their athletic dreams through their kids. And that does mess it up. It does there's there 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 are two
3: things at work. One is parents are living their athletic dreams through their kids. The other thing is sports has been seen more and more as a way out, not just for low income kids as they, as it used to be, but also, but for any kid a way out and a way up. Uh, Even if you are a middle-class kid from suburbia, sports is that stepping stone to that next level of glitz, glamor, and fortune. Well, and the other thing is, youth sports has become a business. Uh, I'm, I don't mind saying it. Uh, I'm 47. When I was a kid, our coaches coached us after they got off work. Now coaching is a business where the coach, that, that is what they do. They coach kids. They have businesses that are in place where all they do is coach. They run camps. They run clinics. They run seminars, what have you. Everything is centered on the business of youth sports. And so because youth sports is so expensive and name your sport, doesn't matter what your, what the sport is because it's so expensive that raises the involvement of parents. Because if I'm going to pay X amount of dollars, then coach or youth organization, you need to deliver and get my baby on the field, on the floor, whatever, or wherever, and get them this D one scholarship. You promised And that's the third thing, promising, (laughs) over promising and under delivering (laughs) for kids who honestly you don't know what they're going to be. And I look at the the professional athletes that I've met through this job and then others that whose stories I've heard. And I've come to the conclusion we don't know what a kid is going to be when they're eight years old. We don't know how tall they're going to be. We don't know how fast they're going to be. We don't know how strong they're going to be. We don't know any of that when they're eight. And I look at athletes like Tim Duncan, who I think didn't take up basketball until he was a junior in high school. Um, Sam Bradford, uh, who played in the NFL and he played um, here locally for the Rams, but he played—he—he he was a four-sport athlete until high school, and then that's when he started to concentrate solely on football. And then his athlete after athlete who didn't choose that one sport that they became famous for until they were already developed until the, well, until they were more developed. Um, It's a rarity to find someone who, who, who's been playing football since they were six and now they're in the league. Like usually people did other things. Um, uh, I'm going to age myself on this one too. Lynn Swan famously did ballet. I mean, just people do other things. Uh, but for some reason we've locked them in, like we've locked kids in into at seven years old, you're going to be the next Steph Curry. You have no idea that if that's going to be true. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> none. Right. They could be, but just let them have fun for now.
2: Well, let's talk about the things you create, okay. the programs and the activities for the kids. So let's talk about the sportsmanship programs. All right, the sportsmanship programs, uh, my... my
3: I have a top two. My favorites are our Sportsmanship Scholarship and our Museum Moments program. Our Museum Moments program is our most impactful, at least to me, uh, because it's the one where I get to talk to kids directly. It's the one where uh, I get to go to schools and youth organizations and talk to kids about sportsmanship, and I do it through the prism of the life and legacy of Stan Museum. And well, the reason that we chose Stan Museum is twofold. One, we have an award show named after him called the museal awards and it is uh, it is held a saturday before thanksgiving every year at steeple theater and this year's show is on november 18th uh tickets are available at musealawards.com that is a yearly celebration of the best stories and moments of sportsmanship from the previous year from around the country and of course it takes a lot of resources to pull all that together uh and that's held once a year but um Musial moments. The part that I control is we is 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 going to schools, going to youth organizations, and talking to kids about the life and legacy of Stan Musial, but also showing them stories from the Musial show, um, where they get to see young people like themselves making a difference on their teams, in their schools, in their communities, doing the right thing. And they and and most of the time, the kids don't need money, and they don't need permission which are two of the biggest barriers um, for kids to do the right thing. So uh, in that way, it's inspiring, motivating, and uplifting for kids, and it's free for any uh, any school or youth organization in the St. Louis area. So we're pretty proud of that. And um,
2: and for the record, yes. the Musial
3: Awards, they are broadcast nationally. Yes, uh, the Musial Awards are broadcast nationally on CBS. Um Last year we were broadcast the first because they they do multiple ones, but the first one was broadcast on Christmas Eve. Uh we are hoping to have a similar situation this year where where we're able to come out of an NFL broadcast. Uh that helps us a lot.
1: Uh
2: lead in.
3: In terms of ratings. Oh yes, yes, it's awesome. And the big picture idea is 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 with Stan Musial is that not only is he one of the most beloved Cardinals ever, but his legacy is how he treated people. Because even, even people who got to know him, they don't talk about his records first. They don't talk about him being a three-time National League MVP. They don't talk about him being seventh all-time in Major League history and hits. They don't talk about him being uh, the Cardinals all-time leader in home runs. All of those are true. They talk about how he treated them when they met him, how he was the nicest guy, how he always had time, how you could talk to him in the middle of a lunch with his family and he would still sign an autograph. And those are the things in sports. Really, those are the things in life that we never forget. Um, even the most enthusiastic sports history buff doesn't quite remember who won Super Bowl 32, not just off the cuff. But you do remember and we always remember who our favorite teacher was. We remember who our favorite coach was, not necessarily because they they taught us how to throw the perfect spiral, but because they had time for us and how they treated us. And Dan Musial's legacy is treating people right. And so that's what we try to impart on the kids through
2: Musial Moments and big picture through the Musial Award show. Mm -hmm obviously Stan mutual walks on water here in St. Louis. <laughs> he was the pride and joy of yes. St. Louis. Played his entire career here in St. Louis for the Cardinals. He was a seven-time batting champion. Yes. A World Series champion. Mm-hmm. Obviously in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Foundation of mutual success was youth baseball and basketball. And he lived to be 92 years old. He passed away in 2013, although mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that long. When you have Stan Musial's name attached to something in this town, that raises the responsibility level that it has to be done right. It does. It does. Um, and
3: you are, you are absolutely right. And that's something that we don't take lightly. That's something that, um, as we are in connection with the Musial family. They know about every story, but you know, before we shoot it, they know about, um, how the show is coming together every year. And, and we make sure that we do Stan's name proud, um, every year. Uh, it's not just a name or any, it, and it's, and it's, it's really not just a famous name for us, but, Stan Musial is how we showcase is through who is 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 the embodiment of what we showcase St. Louis to the world with. And so that's that's a that's a really big deal for us and it's really important to us. What is the sportsmanship scholarship mm-hmm. and what are the qualifications? The sportsmanship scholarship recognizes honors and awards scholarship funds to graduating St. Louis area high school seniors who show outstanding sportsmanship on the field of play. And it can be any sport. Um, It can be anywhere in the metro area, in the 15 or 16 county St. Louis metro area, Um, public or private, city or county. Um, It doesn't matter what school, doesn't matter what sport, doesn't matter if you're a star or the last player on the bench. Uh, if you've done something um, outstanding in terms of sportsmanship for someone else, then you can be recognized, and you you are you are eligible.
2: Let them play. Now, what is let them play about, and what is the objective of let them play?
3: Let them play is about respecting the referees. Um, coming out of. The COVID emergency, because I, I try not to say coming out of the pandemic, because we're not out of the pandemic. It's not. Over. <laughs> I don't think we
2: ever will be.
3: No, but coming out of the emergency, where we, you know, we had shutdowns and, and uh, unfortunately, we lost a lot of people. Um, one of the, I guess, um, consequences was in youth sports, uh, in terms of referees. A lot of organizations, both school, youth organizations, community organizations, had a hard time finding referees. And that was for two reasons. One, because of COVID, because referees tended to be older. And COVID disproportionately affected older Americans. And a lot of them are no longer with us. And those that are, are not going to come out to, you know, games with big crowds anymore. So that cut down on the number of referees we had available. The other thing is how referees are treated. Um, officials are treated poorly. And, and it could be anything from someone yelling that a ref is cheating for the other team or, you know, even more egregiously, uh, we have a staff member who also moonlights uh as a soccer ref and he's been doing it for years and you know it's it's fun for him but he tells us stories about parents following him to his car oh wow when the game is over you, you know we, we can't do that that type of behavior makes referees walk away and never come back and so let him play is about reminding people that there are things necessary to to have this youth game that you're enjoying and one of them is the referees. If we don't have referees, we don't have games. And and several organizations came to us, uh, wanting to put you know, put our heads together to figure out something that can help parents and and other adults understand that uh, tournaments were were being canceled or shortened, uh, games were being canceled because you couldn't find referees. Is that we need to keep the referees we have, and then we need to find a way to recruit new referees. That's where Let Them Play was born. It is a series of principles and hopefully a commitment made by an individual and or organization to respect the referees. Um, It's a messaging campaign through signage, through social media. We're not the sportsmanship police. Um, But we're hoping to remind people, hey, the refs, for the most part, people that officiate games do so because they're trying to give back to the to the sport they gave to them. Some people coach other people. Like I mentioned um, soccer. Some people, you know, they played soccer. They figured the way to give back to the game is to officiate. It's easy enough. And they always need referees. So that's fine. So that's mostly their way of giving back. It's not about any money or they want one team to win over the other, because to be quite honest with you, nobody remembers who won the city county championship from fifth grade. And honestly, no one cares. And it doesn't matter. It matters. What matters for those kids is the experience that they're having. And if parents can't behave themselves that contributes to kids not wanting to come back to an environment. Kids don't like to see adults act out of control. They they are they're weirded out by that. They <laughs> they expect <laughs> us to have it together. I mean, they are they they really they really want us to be the adults in the room. And so, let them play is a reminder of that. Uh, once again, for the individual and for organizations. And, of course, all of this, uh, every one of our programs, whether it be Let Them Play, the Sportsmanship Scholarship, or Museum Moments, all uh, information on those can be found at sportsmanship.org.
2: So, with the marketing of the Let Them Play concept, Mm -hmm. how effective has that been?
3: Well, for us, um, we are still, we're one year into it. So we're still gathering information from organizations because part of part of the uh, the data that we want to get from it is not necessarily the number of incidents because nobody wants to report the number of fights they had or the number of incidents. Whether you had okay, (laughs) I am just throwing out numbers, but let's say you had five fights last year and this year you had two. Well, that's a that's a dramatic improvement but nobody wants to hear that you had five fights. The crazy part is is that you don't want to give off a negative impression. So what you'd like to do is is talk about the number of kids and families that are that are coming back to your organization. And that's the data that we're looking to receive from youth organizations and schools, okay? Because it's not negative to say, okay, we had You know, 5,000 kids playing soccer this year. Well, this year we have 6,000. Oh, well, that's great. Or all 5,000 that we had last year have come back. Okay, great. That's positive information and you don't have to put out stuff about incidents. So that's the type of data we're collecting now and hopefully we'll be able to put it out in a more uh, digestible form. You're listening to Talking
2: Game. We'll be right back.
0: Located in St. Louis, the open source produces community-focused content. Everything that is published by the open source is about fulfilling the positive mission. The open source showcases the story of our neighbors in an effort to help everyone achieve and thrive. The open source TV streams on Roku and the podcasts are available wherever you listen. Help the open source grow by sharing this episode. Thank you for listening.
2: switching gears. Let's talk about the men's NCAA Missouri Valley Conference. The Missouri Mm -hmm. Valley Conference basketball tournament is one of the premier postseason basketball tournaments in the country. No doubt about it. To the region, how important is that conference? Arch Madness, as we affectionately call it, um, kicks off the
3: NCAA basketball postseason for us. well, not just for us, but for the country. Uh, it's one of the first to be held um, every year. And specifically for the region, it is an indispensable part of sports, not only culture, but it's always nationally televised. It's always talked about. And it's where people know that it's time to break out the brackets. Right. Um it's a big deal for us. It is a big deal for St. Louis. Um, I think too often we talk about putting St. Louis on the map. Well, the valley is our stamp on the map, right? That we're that it's there. We're here. We're already doing this thing. And so it's hard to quantify um, how big the tournament is to the region, how big the valley is for the region. It is um, It is, a vital, uh, to use a sort of medical metaphor, uh, the Valley is one of our vital organs for sure. Right. I can't tell you which one, but I can <laughs> tell you we can't live without it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is the very first postseason mm. tournament. It is. It does kick off. It's Arch Madness here, but the rest of the country, it's March Madness. yes. So that does, it is very prestigious from that regard. Yes, very much. Now, the foundation's goal is to make a positive impact on the region and improve lives. So can you actualize that mission? Absolutely. Um, The foundation,
3: in connection with the parent organization, the St. Louis Sports Commission, our overall mission is to make St. Louis a better place to live, visit, work, and play through sports. So much so, um, well, so much is made of sports bringing people together. Sports also, sports is also one of those things that that unites us rather than divides us, um, and so you can actualize the mission of the commission and the foundation through the people that are at a Mizzou game, the Mizzou-Memphis game. We have 45,000 people uh, there on Saturday. Um, You can actualize that through how our St. Louis Battle Hawks are doing or how St. Louis City SC is doing, Uh, the impact that the Cardinals have in the community, not only on the field, regardless of their record, but the Cardinals are never too far away from any of us and the blues, the blues are an indispensable part of who we are. And then in terms of youth sports and high school sports, there's always the development of young people. Um, we, we hold sports in such high regard that coach has a handle almost like a doctor. We call people coach Smith, coach Vermeil coach. Like we say, Dr. Smith or not like, That's so important to us because those are the people that we entrust with our with 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 our future. And so if a young person continues through sports, no matter how high of a level that they make it through, whether it's division one college or or, you know, the major leagues. Wherever they finish their sports career how sports has affected them in a positive way continues on into adulthood. They say those things that their favorite coaches told them. They do those things with their own children, hoping that their child, because at the end of the day, yes, we talked about a a lot about like the negative things that parents do, but what parents want, they want their kids to succeed and they see sports as a path in doing so. Now we want to help them, sort of see the realistic path but they want success and they want the best for their children and the best for them comes through sports so yes so all of that can be actualized all of it can be realized and uh, i think we're moving forward and we're moving toward that in in a positive way now we're not there yet but uh we're still
2: climbing for sure there's nowhere to go but up yes sir solomon alexander Thank you, sir, Thank for you. being a guest on Talking Game and for, and most importantly, thank you for contributing to the betterment better of the community. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you, Patrick. I am your host, Craig Riggins. To find more shows, go to TalkingGameSTL.com. Thank you for listening.